Chapter Twenty Eight of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Oh, but, but, cried Elfrida, tragic eyed, you don't understand, my friend, and these pretenses of mine are unendurable. I won't make another. This is the real reason why I can't go to your house. Janet knows everything there is to know i told her i myself in a fit of rage ten days ago and then she said things and i said things and-and there is nothing now between us any more lawrence cardiff looked grave i am sorry for that he said a middle-aged gentleman in apparently hopeless love does not confide in his grown-up daughter and janet's father had hardly thought of her seriously in connection with the new relation which was to him so precarious and so sweet its realization had never been close enough for practical considerations it was an image something in the clouds and if he still hoped and longed for its materialization there were times when he feared even to regard it too closely lest it should vanish his first thought at this announcement of elfrida's was of what it might signify of change what bearing it had upon her feeling upon her intention then he thought of its immediate results which seemed to him unfortunate but in the instant he had for reflection he did not consider janet at all ah yes it was contemptible i did it partly to hurt her and partly i think to gratify my own vanity you would not have thought anything so bad of me perhaps she looked up at him childishly they were strolling about the quiet spaces of the temple courts it was a pleasant afternoon in february the new grass was pushing up they could be quite occupied with one another they had the place almost to themselves elfrida's well-fitting shabby little jacket hung unbuttoned and she swung cardiff's light walking-stick as they sauntered he with his eyes on her delicately flushed face and his hands unprofessionally in his pockets was counting the minutes that were left them you wouldn't have would you she persisted i would think any womanly fault you like of you he laughed but one the fear to confess it elfrida shut her lips with a little proud smile do you know she said confidingly when you say things like that to me i like you very much but very much but not enough he answered her quickly never enough frida the girl's expression changed you are not to call me frida she said frowning a little it has an association that will always be painful to me when people disappoint me i try to forget them in every way i can she paused and cardiff saw that her eyes were full of tears he had an instant of intense resentment against his daughter what brutality had she been guilty of toward elfrida in that moment of unreasonable jealousy that surged up between them he would fiercely like to know but elfrida was smiling again looking up at him in wilful disregard of her wet eyes say elfrida please all of it they had reached the inner temple hall let us go in there and sit down he suggested you must be tired dear child 
she hesitated and submitted yes i am she said presently they were sitting on one of the long dark polished wooden benches in the quiet of the rich light the ages have left in this place keeping a mutual moment of silence how splendid it is elfrida said restlessly looking at the great carved wooden screen they had come through the man who did that had a joy in his life hadn't he to-day is very cheap and common don't you think he had hardly words to answer her vague question so absorbed was he in the beauty and the grace and the interest with which she had suddenly invested the high-backed corner she sat in he felt no desire to analyze her charm he did not ask himself whether it was the poetry of her eyes and lips or her sincerity about herself or the joy in art that was the key to her soul or all of these or something that was none of them he simply allowed himself to be possessed by it and elfrida saw his pleasure in his eager look and in every line of his delicate features it was delicious to be able to give such pleasure she thought she felt like a thrice spiritualized hebe lifting the cup not to jove but to a very superior mortal she wished in effect as she looked at him that he were of her essence she might be cup-bearer to him always then it was a graceful and unexacting occupation but he was not absolutely and the question was how long she started as he seemed to voice her thought this can't go on elfrida cardiff had somehow possessed himself of her hand as it lay along the polished edge of the wooden seat it was a privilege she permitted him sometimes with the tacit understanding that he was not to abuse it and why not for a little while it is very pleasant i think if you were in love you would know why you are not i know you needn't say so but it will come elfrida only give it the chance i would stake my soul on the certainty of being able to make you love me his confidence in the power of his own passion was as strong as a boy's of twenty if i were in love elfrida repeated slowly with an absent smile and do you think it would come afterwards that is an exploded idea my friend i should feel as if i were acting out an old-fashioned novel an old-fashioned second-rate novel she looked at him with eyes that invited him to share their laughter but the smile he gave her was pitiful if she could have known it the strain she had been putting upon him and promised indefinitely to put upon him was growing greater than he could bear i am afraid i must ask you to decide he said you have been telling me two things dear one thing with your lips and another thing with your eyes and ways of doing you tell me that i must go but you make it possible for me to stay for god's sake let it be one or the other i am so sorry we could be friends of a sort i think but i can't marry you you have never told me why shall i tell you truly literally brutally 
of course then it is not only because i don't love you that there is not for me the common temptation to enter a form of bondage which as i see it is hateful that is enough but it is not all it is not even the principal thing it is she hesitated it is that that we are different you and i it would be preposterous she went on hastily not to admit that you are infinitely superior of course and cleverer and wiser and more important in the world and that will make me absurd in your eyes when i tell you that my whole life is wrapped up in a sense which i cannot see or feel that you have at all you have much oh a great deal outside of it and i have nothing my life is swayed in obedience to laws that you do not even know of you can hardly be my friend completely as your wife i should suffer and you would suffer in a false position which could never be altered she paused and looked at him seriously and he felt that she believed what she had said she had at all events given him full permission to go and he was as far from being able to avail himself of it as he had been before further for every moment those slender fingers rested in his made it more impossible to relinquish them for always so he persisted with a bitter sense of failure that would not wholly honestly recognize itself is golightly tick your friend completely more pardon me than you could ever be she answered him undaunted by the contempt in his tone there was silence for a moment between them elfrida's wide-eyed gaze wandered appreciatively over the dusky interior which for the man beside her barely existed what a lot of english character there is here she said softly how dignified it is and conscientious and restrained it was as if she had not spoken cardiff stared with knit brows into the insoluble problem she had presented to him a moment longer how are we so different elfrida he broke out passionately you are a woman and i am a man the world has dealt with us differently and i am older than i dare say i ought to be to hope for your love but these are not differences that count whatever their results may be it seems to me trivial to speak of such things in this connection but we like very much the same books the same people i grant you i don't know anything about pictures but surely he pleaded these are not the things that cut a man off from the happiness of a lifetime i'm afraid she began and then she broke off suddenly i am sorry sorrier than i have ever been before i think i should have liked so well to keep your friendship it is the most chivalrous i know but if you feel like like this about it i suppose i must not shall we say good-bye here and now truly i am sorry she had risen and he could find no words to stay her it seemed that the battle to possess her was over and that he had lost her desire for his friendship had all the mockery of freedom in it to him 
in the agony of the moment it insulted him with an effort he controlled himself there should be no more futility of words he must see the last of her some time let it be now then he bent his head over the slender hand he held brought his lips to it and then with passion kissed it hotly again and again seeking the warm uncovered little spot above the fastening elfrida snatched it away with a little shiver at the contact a little angry shiver of surprised nerves he looked at her piteously struggling for a word for any word to send away her repulsion to bring her back to the mood of the moment before but he could not find it he seemed to have drifted hopelessly from her lost all his reckonings well she said she was held there partly by her sense of pity and partly by her desire to see the last the very last of it go he returned with a shrinking of pain at the word i cannot pauvre ami she said softly and then she turned and her light steps sounded back to him through the length of the hall she walked more slowly when she reached the pavement outside and one who met her might have thought she indulged in a fairly pleasant reverie a little smile curved about the corners of her mouth half compassionate half amused and triumphant she had barely time to banish it when she heard cardiff's step beside her and his voice i had to come after you he said i've let you carry off my stick she looked at him in mischievous challenge of his subterfuge and he added frankly with a voice that shook a little notwithstanding it's of no use i find i must accept your compromise it is very good of you to be willing to make one and i can't let you go altogether elfrida she gave him a happy smile and now she said shall we talk of something else End of chapter twenty eight